I'm Jean McCaddy, and you're listening to FTTV. Hello, and after a brief hiatus, FTTV is back. And against all the odds, despite what they all said, they didn't believe we could be, we could be but we are back. We're back, troops. How are we all feeling? We good? We're mm. back. We're back, we're back. Dabby, dozy. <laughs> it's wonderful. There's only so many quizzes you can do before you completely lose your mind. Uh, so today we're giving the content that the, the viewers or the, the listeners crave. Um, we're talking sitcoms for FTTV and... Um, we just want to get right in it, basically. So before that, let me just introduce you to our panel. Um, here today we have the pregnant one, Mary Ramage. That's the first time I can officially. The pregnant one. The pregnant one. Um, a great Game of Thrones name that would be. <laughs> I'm also joined by Big Daddy Sean Ramage. Hello. Hello. The impregnator. <laughs> oh Christ. Uh, <laughs> Here as well, returning to our ears, is Connor. I love Bradley Walsh. Sweeney. How are we doing? All right. And last but certainly not least, it's Truffles. I have a new chair, and I love my new chair. I'm very happy. Let's go on with the show. New, he's got a new chair. Where did you get a new chair, Truff? Oh, it was completely free uh, from the good people at the EBI page who do not sponsor this episode, so I'll not give them any more time. <laughs> Truffles, you've absolutely, you've absolutely stole somebody's flight, haven't you? As that, that <laughs> the flight. If you want, there's a washing machine down beside the river. If you if you walk down. That's that's my trek after this. Can't wait. Truffles has got a new chair and an absolute abundant selection of Fanta flavours. He's a happy man. <laughs> He's a happy man. If you want a single bed, then it's free if you can lift it. <laughs> so today we're talking sitcoms, um, and as I say, we're just going to get right into it. There's nothing too difficult about this. Um, prior to the show, we were asking our panel um, their favourite sitcom or the best, their, in their opinion, the best ever sitcom. Um, just going to give each person a chance. We'll move around the group, give them a chance to say their piece, um, and then we'll have a sort of discussion round after um, after each person's said their, their piece, and they get a chance to def- defend their corner, and you can get a chance to go after and discuss why you think your pick is better than someone else's pick. Um, so nothing too difficult. Um, Mary, we're going to start with you, if that's all right. If if you want to just tell us what it is, tell us a bit about it, um, as if. You know the people who have who are listening haven't seen it, or um, you know have only seen bits of it. You know just to give some of the gist, and then tell us why you think it's the best. Um, okay, I'm a bit nervous, but being first because I don't know what to say. But let's go. <laughs> um, okay, so my pick for best sitcom ever is The U.S. Office. Um, is everyone has anyone on this not seen it? I don't think so. I think everyone. No, I think, everyone here has yeah. seen it. I think everyone I, has seen it. Everyone in the whole world should have seen it anyway. So if you've not <laughs> seen it, the only thing you should be doing with the remainder of your lockdown period is watching the US Office because it will just be a gift to your life. 
So the US office is um, originally based on Ricky Gervais's shitty UK office. But if you've seen the UK office and haven't watched the US office because you thought the UK one was rubbish, just bring everything you know about the UK office because the US one is so much better. Um, so it is based in a paper company called Dunder Mifflin in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It basically is a fly-on-the-wall style documentary. Um, so these people who work in the office think they're getting filmed for a documentary about their paper company. And we are essentially watching the show through the cameraman, the documentary guy's mm-hmm. lenses. So it's very much like a fly-on-the-wall feel. You get properly immersed right into the, um, the show. Um, it, the main character is Michael Scott, played by Steve Carell. He is the regional manager of um, the office, and he's basically just just a dafty. <laughs> he's just the worst just guy da- ever. Isn't just he? a dafty. <laughs> the mo- he's basically like he's a bit of an arsehole boss, but he's so lovable. And hilarious and naive and everything else you could possibly describe him as it would fit. And you uh, just, aye. Um, so, yeah, it basically follows him trying to be a regional manager when he's absolutely no got a clue how to be a manager, essentially, mm-hmm. and the chaos, basically, that that causes for everyone who works in the office. Um, but, aye, I mean, it's just great. So, you've enjoyed that. Um Michael Scott, do you think is your favourite character in it in the whole show? Um, I mean, probably yes. He's probably my main favourite character. The the good thing I like about The Office is that yes, you've got your main character. So probably I would say that your core cast is Michael Scott, the manager, Jim, who is salesman, Dwight, who's a salesman, and Pam, who's the receptionist. Would you probably would, would everyone agree there? Probably your kind of four core. Yeah. Being a main characters, but so, then because it's because it's a fly on the wall in an office, every other character is usually always there. So I like the fact that it's you know a cast of probably about ten, and although you've got your four <clears> main, like everyone's really involved in most episodes. So you can uh, even even like your wee other characters, like like Oscar and accountant or Kevin and accountant or whoever, even though they're potentially on the surface of it not your main characters they could still easily be your favourite because it's very much always set in this office and everyone's about all the time yeah I think in these kind of shows as well um, the the sort of secondary characters do get screen time uh, for that reason you know it's it's on this Flying the Wall documentary as as you're saying a lot of what you gauge from your viewing is like reactions of the other of the 100%. of the actors playing their characters, so it's more the you know even though Oscar for eighty percent of the episodes he might not be a, a um, like a main character in it, but he'll certainly have episodes where it sort of revolves around him doing something or totally. You know and a lot I mean? of the time, like you say, is yeah, you might there is um, from start to finish there is central storylines that flow. But the good thing about The Office is that you your your main takeaways from that episode may not actually be what came from the storyline. It may be watching the background reaction to the main characters or it may be the second documentary camera panning around to just like capture things that are happening in the background. Um, those sometimes end up being the funniest moments of the show rather than the actual 
main um, back and forward between the central people and the storyline of that episode, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think yeah. that is just a credit to the way that the show is done in the sense that because it is a documentary, the way that it's filmed just allows you to appreciate different moments from every episode each time you watch it. And that's why it's such a good one. Like, I've rewatched it about five times and I swear I noticed funnier things every single time I watch it because you might be looking at Creed up in the back and he's just doing something absolutely daft that you've never noticed that he's doing before in the background or yeah. you might just see somebody react to something you've never noticed it before and that's why you can never really like you can't oh I don't know I just think it's such a good one to rewatch because you always pick up other things basically that are happening yeah and am I right in saying there's like 10 seasons or something is it as much I as there's 10 seasons I think I think it is it 9 or 10 it's, it's 9 or 10, ten seasons 9 10 9 yeah. Nine. Huh? nine, nine uh, seasons, aye. Yeah, nine seasons. I think Steve Carell leaves in episode uh, season seven. Mm-hmm. And to mm-hmm. me, it does. I, I, I still really enjoy season seven, eight, and nine. But it definitely peak office for me is up to the point where Michael Scott leaves because he is just the glue that basically everyone plays off of or holds the whole kind of cast together, if you like. Despite the fact that he's not always the centre of the jokes or the centre of your attention, he often gives the chat that people are then talking about that leads to funny things or people reacting to him or what mm-hmm. creates other funny scenes. So, like I said, I still really, really enjoy the later seasons, but I definitely think, for me, peak office is when he's... And Michael Scott's at the helm. Michael Scott's at the helm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, just quickly before we move on to the next the next pick. Um, so, you've discussed uh, what it is, what what's in it, what entails your favourite character and stuff. So, what is it that makes it the best sitcom? Is it the... Like the fact that it's a long running thing, it's loads and loads of content, or is it just purely uh, just funnier than anything else? Or I think is it the structure it is, of it? I like it's such an easy watch, but so I like that it's something that you can just jump onto any episode, any time, doesn't matter what you can just completely be immersed into the office and you're sold on it immediately and I think that just comes down to the way that it's filmed and it is that fly on the wall so you're totally just absorbed into it straight away it's so funny but it's it's not forced humour it's such like relatable casual humour and it's humour that is it might not be a big joke but it was just somebody reacted to that really funny or somebody's expression was really funny and I, I think that's why I enjoy it so much is because it doesn't feel like it's trying hard to be mm-hmm. funny and it just works it's just very much like if you if you wrote it down on a piece of paper and you said you know it's a paper company documentary and you're just following these people at work in an office it sounds terrible but it's absolutely not and it just doesn't try to be anything else I think that's probably why I like it so much is because nothing feels like forced humour at all really um, okay. and you can tell a lot that it's improvised I think that's why I like a lot of it. It feels quite like fresh and improvised, and I quite like that about it too. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I'll fight anyone who says it's not the best. <laughs> well, you'll get a chance to defend it anyway <laughs> um, towards the end. But uh, we'll move on to Sean um, with Sean's first pick. I'm going to talk a bit about Scrubs. So it's like a medical comedy started early two thousands and ran through. To roughly 2010 
uh, centers on a pair of two young doctors, JD and Turk, who's a surgeon, as they start in the first day as interns after having been through medical school. The show is kind of based around the creator roomed with a pre-med student in college, and it's based on that friend's journal as he went through medical school mm-hmm. as, a, as a student. So a lot of the medical stuff is really accurate, and that's what the creator really wanted to do, because a lot of the comedy comes from just daft, silly like fantasies or wee skits and amongst that they take form the form of like JD's daydreams. Mm-hmm. So that you really focus on it won't, if they were going to do really daft stuff, then the medical stuff had to be completely accurate. And they've been really highly commended by a lot of like med students and like a lot of medical institutions as to showing a really accurate side of what hospital life can be like. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love it because there's loads of really funny and interesting side characters so even though you've got this kind of weak core group there's just some really ridiculous characters that come out of it they've got the janitor who's just basically a crazy person <laughs> I love him he's so class, <laughs> he's so class. That actor, do you know his name by any chance? No. Uh, Neil Patrick Flynn his name. Uh, Wasn't his uh, character so daft that he basically was supposed to be like imaginary, like a, an imaginary character or something at first? So there, there's a bit of lore that kind of went about that uh, nobody really interacts with him for the first season, so that they left the option open that they could have made him like a figment of JD's imagination. Aye. Uh, because basically the show takes a place of like a visual form of JD's journal for that day. Um, so like basically all the episodes are like a day like as if he's written it down in his journal so it all comes from his point of view so the idea was that the janitor might possibly be a figment of his imagination Uh, I I think in the first season they break it a couple of times Um, I suppose that makes sense and he does narrate he narrates all the episodes as well does he not JD it's his voice that you can hear aye I thought that but um that that character was supposed to be such a small part, but the the actor done such a good job with it mm-hmm. that um, basically in later seasons and and the script they would just write Neil does something stupid like <laughs> and he'll do it himself like, he like can just, uh, yeah he improvise. just improvise yeah. some utterly weird crazy stuff. <laughs> um, there's got loads of ones. There's like a there's a intern who's kind of the same level as JD that looks like Snoop Dogg so they just call him Snoop Dogg intern a, <laughs> a doctor that looks like the Kentucky Fried Chicken Colonel uh. Colonel <laughs> yeah, the chief of medicine just hits out with some really just great one liners he's supposed to be the big kind of baddie that one they oh, oh he's a wee guy by yeah. the book played by Ken Jenkins but he's mm-hmm. just so funny with some of these comebacks and put downs which is where a lot of those kind of comedies come from they, they also have loads of big kind of big name guest stars they managed to get on to like the whole run so the likes of Brendan Fraser Colin Farrell Elizabeth Banks and Courtney Cox like all kind of big names plus yeah um, with memorable turns over the maybe two or three episodes mm-hmm. 
So have you got a, a favourite character outright that you think is just the funniest um, in it or brings something to the show that, that makes it the best? Like, like, the show does a good job of getting you invested in these characters' lives and shows everyone is kind of, like, flawed. Like, mm-hmm. like, there's not this, like, perfect person you're supposed to be behind the whole time. Like, a lot of stuff, like, as much as it's from JD's point of view, like, to that, why have you done that? Yeah, also basically. <laughs> yeah. But um, for some, for like some of the, they come the, like they go back and forth between it's got a bit of G for medicine, Bob Kelso. Mm-hmm. Kelso, probably Bad. my favourite character. Class, and then um, again, what, what the same thing I would ask Mary. What what is it really about the show that you you think puts a, a class above? Maybe like your kind of more common shows. Like some of the other ones that we've already, well, like the office that Mary spoke about, and the other ones that we're going to go speak about. What what puts I, it on the top shelf? I think there's just, there's just so it does the kind of mix of comedy and drama so well. Like it, it, it gives such a good view of what like some horrible situations are like. It, mm-hmm. Like a lot of kind of life lessons. Like some people don't react to death if you're negative like sad way and they'll make jokes just so they can get through the day aye because otherwise it could become just too much for anyone to deal with yeah so you like it it deals with a lot of serious issues aye aye. in a good way like for example one of the one of the threads and I think maybe season 4 or season 5 Turk and one of the nurses Carla are married Mm -hmm. and they have a baby and they deal they show her having postpartum depression and how being a medical professional she's too proud to ask for help to start with until eventually after a one or two run it two episode run they get her to get help and see her like she's been she's been too proud it's not something you kind of get over on your own cool cool that's a good pick as well Um, we'll move on to Sweeney have you got your pick there Sweeney my man I do indeed uh, my pick uh, for today's show is uh, How I Met Your Mother. Um, they basically the, the show is, is set in New York. Um, it's, it's mainly kind of the kind of main protagonist is is Ted Mosby, uh, Ted Evelyn Mosby, should I say? <laughs> um, but um, basically, it's, it's set around a group of five friends: uh, Marshall, Lily, Barney, Robin, and then Ted. And basically, what it is 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 kind of about Ted's almost turmoil, romantic turmoil, if you like, um, mm-hmm. and how he goes through his kind of late twenties into his thirties, and and leading up to to him marrying and and finding the love of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the show's the show is really good. Um, you know, it's kind of one of these shows that's kind of stood the test of time. I think like it always seems to be on. Um, you, you know, you can revisit it. You know, years down the line and. It's just it's just an all round great show. Uh, I think it's um, yeah, it's aye. <laughs> it's it's good. Have you got like a, have you got a favourite character or anything? Is there anyone in it that you just think he steals the show every episode he's in, or or she? I, think, or... <laughs> I, I mean, it's the, the different characters peak in different seasons. If you like, I mm-hmm. think that's what's really good about it. I think like. Some of the earlier stuff you kind of see, like Sal Lily, who's played by Alison Hannigan, mm-hmm. she's fantastic in the first few seasons, and then I mean she's still good in the later seasons. Don't get me wrong, but it's just kind of she's a lesser role. 
Uh, yeah, it, it, exactly. So I think each character kind of complements each other quite well, but at different stages throughout the seasons. Um, my favourite character would probably be Barney, I think, who's played by Neil Patrick Harris, mm-hmm. who um, I would probably say he's done the... Uh, I wouldn't say he's the most famous, because I know, obviously, Jason Segal yeah. plays Marshall. He's probably a, a more famous actor, but I think off the back of the show, he's probably done... Most well, most but, uh, yeah, but I suppose Kobe Smulders who plays Robin, she was in Avengers and stuff as well, so um, she's a kind of supporting role in that. But mm-hmm. no, um, it's just as I said, it's a kind of show that 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 you know stands the test of time. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's mainly based so throughout the throughout the seasons. I think it's roughly eight or nine seasons. I'm not I'm not entirely sure, um, but it it goes through about him obviously meeting the love of his life and meeting his his um his kid's mother. So basically it's still it's told from the perspective of a flashback where he's telling stories to his kids. Right, right. Um and they're basically asking questions and it's just you know it's I, I think that they're basically they're having it. It's quite funny because they've got like different anecdotes of like so obviously it's this taken down during one sitting, he's telling them this story and they're like, Oh, it feels like this has been on for like about a year and all that kind of stuff. So it's quite funny. It's, it's quite funny that way. So um, there was there's controversy about the ending for her mate mother. I've not personally seen it, so I can't even really comment yeah. on if I like it or not, but it's always I've always sort of left it in the shadows personally. It, it, but how was the ending I, for you? Um were you quite satisfied with it and I don't know. Do you have any views on the the controversy that it got? Like, can you understand it? Yeah, yeah, I can understand it. I remember at the time when it came out, folk were genuinely, you know, aggrieved. <laughs> yeah, about like, how, how people were raging. Uh, I remember, like, specifically. Yeah. In fact, I think Truffles might have been one of them. Can you can you shed light on that, Truffles? Were you upset about the ending? Perhaps Truffles isn't even here. <laughs> well. I, He's like, uh, yeah, he's so, like, I've muted like myself because I was trying to bite my tongue. Like, I was trying to bite my tongue there uh, because I didn't want to interject when Sweeney was like, oh, I don't know, my breath, I was like, bullshit. Like, you're talking absolute <laughs> shit, Sweeney. Uh, for, 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 for me, I loved her, my mother. Like, I was one of these people where the last couple of seasons I was watching it like every week. And the last season, like, a lot of people were pure down on it. And I was defending it. I was like, uh, no, nah, like, they're doing this last season. It just, like, confirm to you that Robin and Barney, you know, they're meant to be together. They're hyping up Ted meeting the mother. Like, it's all working out. You know, it's all going to be fine in the end. And then the last episode, you absolutely just, like, like, the final season, you build the house up. And then right in the day you're about to move in, it's just like, you know what, nah. And then the last episode, they just fucking take the hammer to it, man, to the foundations and just tear everything <laughs> yeah. down. It's an absolute travesty in my opinion, but, you know, Sweeney yeah, has a different take. Yeah, the, the mother is, um, it's, oh, I can't remember the actor's name, it's Tracy oh, McConnell, so her name not is. someone so, famous? Like, not someone so, in the group, but anything? Yeah, so, so, that, so this is the thing. And then he gets married to Robin or something. Yeah, that, that, I think that's the point. So it's like, how about your mother? But, but if you actually think of it, the, the, the story's got nothing to do with the mother. So it's like, from like season, say, I think there might be nine seasons, so from like season one to eight, you don't know who the mother is. Aye. So it's just the five of them. And then in the final season, they bring the mother into it. And then at the, at the very end, you find out that she falls ill and she dies. And then he actually finds the true love of his life, which is in fact Robin, who you've met, you meet her in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um 
But so he's already uh, had his I mean, kids. Is he, he already yeah, had so the kids, and then yeah, she died, the one dies. Kids. And then so the 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 story's told like say like five six years after uh, the death of the mother, and it's him basically building up to ask his kids if they would be all right if he started going back out with Robin. If you like, so. Uh, but yeah, I mean the finale was it was underwhelming to be honest. Um, I mean I don't know if it was just the, the way they built up to it. Um, I mean, the, the the final season was a bit of a drag, to be honest. Um, it well, every single great. one of us knows exactly what that feels like. Uh, when <laughs> I, a show Absolutely. that you're very, very passionate about. Just oh, <laughs> yeah. Shit on a brick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, I mean, it just, it, it just kind of ended, you know, and then you just... Was that it, you know? So uh, a bit deflated the ending. I don't know. I, I remember the controversy. Just a, just a bit like making Bran king of the Seven Kingdoms. Uh, yeah, a bit like that. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Will Aye, that's basically that. that's basically how I met a mother. Did was like, and who has a better story than Robin? Like that. That was the like <laughs> yeah. right there. That's, yeah. that's what I did. <laughs> 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 the same reaction. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. <laughs> like the exact same reaction. Bran the bastard. <laughs> the mother of the bastard <laughs> if you want to find out um, our views on the last episode of Game of Thrones or the last season of Game of Thrones you can check that out our back catalogue at FTTV but uh, we'll move on to the Truffalo you've got your pick coming up yes um, and I'm I'm hitting I'm taking this one to do in this episode because Mary's already mentioned uh, the US office so I'm going with the show um, that sort of took over that same mantle um, in parks and recreation uh, now originally when this show was thought up um, it was originally thought up as a spin-off to the US office they were going to do what they call a backdoor pilot and introduce the characters of parks and recreation in the US office before spinning them off in their own show they decided to scrap the idea it ended up uh, being its own thing and Unlike a lot of these other shows, like because we've talked about like The Office US, like, a fantastic show, underwhelming in the last few seasons, like How I Met Your Mother, um, like it's just a terrible finale as we've discussed. Like Parts and Rec, like started off like quite really quite badly. Um, uh, I like after it, it start, I'll be honest. After after its first season, um, it was originally meant to be cancelled. Um, and they just couldn't find the footing. Like Leslie Nope, who's uh, played by Amy Poehler. Um, the character in that first season is radically different to what she ends up being. Like she's quite sort of stupid, and you don't get like the sort of idea that she can go on to be like an actual like able politician. <laughs> she's actually good at her job, so it just comes across as annoying rather than like anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show, as of season two going onwards, for me is absolute perfect television, and it's just TV that puts a smile on your face and. I, like a lot of these shows, like we've discussed so far, they have great ensemble cast, but I think Parts and Rec might be the strongest because you go through every performance, every character is vital to the show. You've got like Leslie Nope, who's just like the positive beacon of light, who wants to try and make a difference in politics, and like you feel her enthusiasm and the characters around her feel it as well. You've got our friend Anne Perkins, who is played by Sheila Jones, who was in the U.S. office um, as of season three. Um, you've got Aziz Ansari as Tom Haberford, who's like the pure ladies' man, businessman, and then you've got the creme de la creme 
of the lot, in my opinion, is Nick Offerman, is Ron Swanson. Uh, he basically runs the Parks and Rec uh, department, but he doesn't agree with government. Um, he doesn't like uh, government. He thinks everything should be privatised. Um, he, he just is completely negative about everything and if you've ever seen parts of it you know what i'm talking about he just everything he says is like dripping in ron swanson this like <laughs> there's no other there's no other description for it like there's no there's no way to put it down um but apart from that because it's set in like this fictional like really small uh city of pawnee like the whole world around them is like pure built up like you have the local like news reporter john calamezzo who leslie notes like oh she runs this town like she's a pure big deal when really she's just like the local local news anchor and then you've got my, one of my favorite side characters in any show is paired happily who's this like other news guy who has shows such as you heard with paired uh, the <laughs> final word with paired uh, lights camera paired which is his movie review show and uh, the paired post court uh, which is like <laughs> where he's a judge judy figure and then my favorite is a segment he hosts called are you there paired verts it's me paired hosting a new segment <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's him. and he talks like uh, he's like issue number one is the first issue we're going to talk about today uh, it's just absolutely like wonder wonderful stuff it's it's so stupid but like it's stupid like in a good way because at its core like you're rooting for them to do really well and they do go through this series doing like great things like for example like they're raising they do like charity fundraisers and all that like charity concerts and that's like a, like a pure seven episode arc where if it doesn't go well um like the parts and recreation department gets shut down and stuff like that so there are like real stakes attached to to what they're doing as well as like really good running gags like the town of the city of Pawnee has like this little horse called Little Sebastian who gets brought out and he's like a pure town legend but Ben Wyatt who comes in like doesn't just doesn't get it so they're all just like Little Sebastian it's that same thing because it's the mockumentary like whenever he's brought up he just looks at the camera up struggling like I don't get it like I, I still don't understand <laughs> um, but then Little Sebastian dies uh, <laughs> in like an episode and they arrange like a pure tribute to little Sebastian and they they ask Andy who's played by Chris Pratt like this is the thing that made him famous to write a song for little Sebastian called 5,000 Candles in the Wind like obviously a pure riff off of Candle in the Wind that Elton John uh, did for like Princess Diana back in the day and it's just it's that type of thing man it's like absolutely hilarious like if you're a fan of the US office watch Parts and Rec because it's like the US office um, but it's it's positivity's dialed up a wee bit, you know what I mean, in mm. a sense. And I still think the US office is something you can watch and you're still happy. I'm not saying it's up here misery fest like <laughs> the UK down. one, you know what I mean? Uh, but this is, the, like, Parts and Rec is something that just brightens up your day because of like the sort of brightness of the characters. And in the later seasons, uh, Joe Biden, John McCain, Michelle Obama um, all appear in it and stuff like that as well. So it's, it's pretty cool that way. I've totally so, just realised that it's called Parks and Rec because it's the Parks and Rec department. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I just didn't understand. I just never, never understood why it was like I've never seen it, but like I know about it and I know in. I know of it. Blah blah blah. I just didn't ever understand why it was called Parks and Rec. I couldn't for the life of me think why is that show called that. And now, <laughs> what a what a light bulb moment! It's it's going to change I, your I've life. I've never seen it either. No, I think it's kind of one of these shows where I think it's kind of one of these shows where. Yeah, you've not seen it or you absolutely love it. Aye. There's kind of no in between. I guess on Amazon Prime now, get it watched. 
I do feel like that's similar to the US office. I don't know anyone who's not enjoyed the US office. I see. Uh, but I know I know plenty of people who are not massive fans of the UK office. So I kind of uh, just yeah. never watched. I've never watched Parks and Rec, and I, I absolutely get no reason to have this feeling towards her. But uh, see, I don't even know her name in real Amy life. Fuller. Amy. Amy, Amy Fuller. Can just, I've never actually, I feel like I don't think I've seen her in anything, but Aye. I've just seen her face about, and I just, I don't... <laughs> seen her face about. on it. I'm just not <laughs> keen on it. <laughs> Listen, Mary, let me tell you something. My close, my close personal friend, uh, Boston College alumni, Amy Poehler, uh, the, the thing about her is, <laughs> she is like very, I actually think, to put it back, that feeling's actually going to help you when you go into Parts and Rec because the thing about Leslie and Opa, she's meant to be a bit annoying, you know uh, what I mean? Because okay. she is like such a such a goody two shoes, she's like a Michael Scott sort of figure, like she's always trying to do the right thing, you know what I mean? And like do better for people, so it does rub up like the other characters around her the wrong way sometimes. So okay, it's actually going to put you in good stead and the right mindset, I think, going into it. There we go. If I can, as long as I can go into it with that mindset and I'm not supposed to. Lover, then that's fine. Yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll me. give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I've said I'll give it a go a million times, and I never have. I'm so bad at committing to watching new things. Well, I gave I it like... a go. I gave it a go not that long ago, and uh, I don't know. I wasn't like immediately taken by it, but yeah. I, I'm going to heed Truffles's advice and maybe power through on season one and then take it from season two because I think yeah. as you said it probably gets a bit better after season two I think well I did tell I, you to start in season two I, know you well. I would like, probably I know. say the same for the US office as well because season one essentially it's, it doesn't mirror the UK office directly but they're not really kind of they haven't really come into their own yet essentially ah, yeah, they're still, they're still kind yet, of yeah. dancing around the UK office in season one Whereas season two, they're just like, right, okay, this is our own show, and we'll just do it the way we want to do it, basically. And it gets almost like kind of unleashes a little bit. And the, mm. the thing with the yeah, US office it, was uh, it was coming up against the UK office, which was like a pure smash with like comedy, like comedy, yeah, like comedy like, elite. Yeah, yeah, it was such a critically acclaimed show. I'd never really got it, and I know a lot of people. Don't and a lot of people just don't like Ricky Gervais in general, so no, I don't Aye. like so. They were coming up against that, so they were worried that they wouldn't get beyond that kind of first season. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think because you can... that, how dare you try and make an American version of this kind of effort? Yeah, yeah, Aye. and I think it, it's like it's what I think as well because in, in most circumstances, well, I say like nine out of ten shows that are originally, you know from the UK don't necessarily travel well in American versions. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, you know, it's far exceeded the, the UK version I, in every way. I think as well, like, it's it's a credit to the show, I suppose. I'm just kind of thinking that as well. Like, it's very much, when you think about the office, the US office, it's very much still quite British humour, almost, isn't it? Like, it's, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, dry humour, reactionary yeah. humour, like, eye rolls, expressions, like, it's quite British at the heart of it, and the fact that it's translated so well to America, I suppose, is just a credit to the actors in it, and that, I suppose, really. Mm-hmm. And the writers as well, if that's and the writers, amazing. Oh, my God. Uh, who most mainly. of them start in it. Um, yeah. Mindy Kellen who plays uh, Kelly, uh, BJ Novak who plays Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, and the guy who plays to- yeah, Toby as Toby. well. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're genius. Uh, she, 
the director in it is um, is Moses. Is, uh, oh yeah, Moses. so is yeah. Moses. He's one of the directors. Yeah, Moses, yeah. directors yeah. as well. Yeah, That's I think as well, like because there's that crossover between writers and actors everything was very open and transparent so it flowed really well and I think that's probably mm-hmm. why it ran well for so long and it was so funny for so long because there wasn't very much the division between right this is what the writers want us to do and we'll the act- we're the actors and we'll do it I think there seems to be a lot of give and take with it and a mm-hmm. lot of um a lot of room to improvise and you know that kind of thing which mm-hmm. I think is why it's probably worked so well too yeah. Right. Well, well, listen, we're not actually, I mean, it's subjective here and we're not actually trying to come to a conclusive answer of, as to what is the best sitcom ever because, well, we'd be arguing all day. But um, <laughs> I'm going to say my piece for my Ooh. my choice, if that's all right with you. Ooh. And um, you can tell me. Well, right now you are doing a good job of talking up The Office there. In fact, everyone was kind of chipping in, uh, which makes me think that The Office would be more likely to be the front runner um, out of the ones that have already been posed so far. But one that hasn't been said is Friends. Uh. Now, I know How I Met Your Mother is um, a very similar basis and stuff, but I think it paved the way for How I Met Your Mother. I think it paved the way for actually a lot of uh, these American sitcoms, including like um, Scrubs. I'm pretty sure if Friends have been before um, Scrubs. I don't know. Yeah, Friends is before Scrubs but yeah. Scrubs would go on for its first two seasons it followed the last two seasons of Friends on whatever network it was on oh was it um, uh, directly uh, followed that yeah I, I think um, there's something about The Office which has its own style something about Scrubs that has its own style Friends on the other hand it has a more adaptable like framework I think uh, and as I said I think that's why it's important to the rest of comedy and I think it's paved the way for that um, I mean many of the listeners have probably already already watched it but um, similar to How I Met Your Mother it's um, following the situation comedy of this group of friends um, as it says in the tin oh, um, three boys three girls um, there's obviously loads of romantic ties there there's a brother and sister in there as well and um Everybody's kind of got their own background and the reason and their motives as to why they're like who they are because there's some seriously strange characters like Phoebe, for example, and it's not until you know her background that you get why she's so kooky. Um, Chandler as well, like his whole rough upbringing, you know, um, well, it's, it's just a, like a whole funny backstory to everybody and they, and they all have um, their reasons to be who they are. Um but they just make it so clear. And it's just, again, you got to take your hat off to the writing. I think to be able to do tens, like I think there's maybe 24 episodes or something in each season, there's something ridiculous like that. There's loads and loads of um, episodes in each season and um, it goes on for 10 seasons as well. So to to write so consistently um, and get, well, it's also, it's also paved the way for that cast as well. I think that um, the cast that were in that, um, as the main characters have all went on to do pretty well um, whether it's been in production or writing um, even like Matthew Perry does theatre stuff now he writes a lot of um, West End plays and stuff um, so although they might not be big stars of our screen anymore they've, they've all um, definitely um, consolidated a place in comedy um, off, of their, off the back of those performances 
Um, and I just think I just think it's hilarious. Like, it is just pure background telly. Um, like a lot of these shows are not not so much background as in like just have it on in the background. But I, I mean, once you've watched it once, you know the story and everything else you get from it is just an external bonus. Um, and I like I don't know I don't know anyone who doesn't really like it. But those that don't like it, I know just clearly don't have a sense of humour. And I'm I'm the biggest <laughs> um, I'm sometimes the biggest naysayer for like. I'm the biggest naysayer sometimes for American humour. Um, I do think that it's a bit over the top. It's a bit like, oh, that, like it's not really that funny. I think what comes to mind when I think of that would be Big Bang Theory uh, and how, oh, poor, how poor that is uh, for making me laugh, I think. That, and I'm not also not usually a big fan of like the cat and laughter, the, the live studio laughter. Um, but again, I think... Because Friends was one of the kind of first to have this type of show, this long running show. I don't notice it anyone need as much as I do when I'm listening when I'm watching Big Bang Theory and somebody says something about a proton and then starts gutting themselves. I'm like, oh, it's not really funny, is it? Um, Friends, on the other hand, like, I think it just keeps you going. Like there's just there's there's just we again similar to the office. There's we um, like moments where you can see maybe even. Like Lisa Kudrow trying not to laugh in the scene uh, when you know she's obviously meant to be serious, um, and I think it's just those wee slight things that obviously it's it, they've let the, the the directors and that have left it and the editors have left it in because it's it's just on the cusp of ruining the scene and and making it that little bit better um, because you can see bloopers to be fair. Ah, and the bloopers are just ridiculous. Yeah, like you can just see how much fun they had on set um, and. Like the whole back and forth with Ross and Rachel, things like that. That it became, it became like a really, really, really great storytelling towards the end. I think um, when she gets off the plane and that pulls pulls your heartstrings as oh. well. Is it the best oh. final episode of all time? You know, I think Anything ever, a hundred percent. I think 100%. that whole that whole last season, um, there is just bundles and bundles of emotion because you know. You can tell how emotional the the actors are playing these characters for the last time, and uh, and the friendship that they've obviously like they've obviously um, worked on throughout the ten seasons, or the ten years, or however long it, it was. Um, I don't know. I it, it's just up Jack. The crime, the fact of losing one million pound in episodes, <laughs> and that's what I'm fucking crying well, about. I've, you know? fucking, I've, <laughs> I've made twenty four million dollars from this season. What am I going to do now? I think I, I, well, I just, even I just, just salaries. It tells you how much, like how much the show was loved and and how much the demand was for it. Like if you're paying, like TV comedy actors, they must have been the most highly paid TV actors at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt there's like, no way you would get paid that if they didn't think it was worth every single penny do you know what I mean like it's, oh, right. and then it's not even like to lose any of the actors from it that's why they get paid so much because yeah. It, yeah. The, the show would have just fell down if any one of the main ones had, had been replaced uh, I think they definitely earned it for me I mean no one can justify getting 24 million for a was that an episode or for a season did a you year. say a for the season I, I mean it's it's a bit disgusting in the grand scheme of things, but if you're going to let it slide and not get political about it, then you, you, uh, I think they I think they do deserve that. Um, nobody, as you said, Sean, like nobody could have replaced their characters. Mm. Um, 
nobody, uh, nobody could have been replaced. Sorry, and um, yeah, it's just up there. It's, it's top. T- it's top tier comedy for me. Um, you know, it's a, the odd joke might just go down the pan, but it's consistently, consistently keeping you, um, keeping you laughing, chuckling. There away. was rumours of a, a film, wasn't there? Rumours of a film. There was rumours of another season, and they all come back, and it's meant to be like. 20 years later or whatever uh, years later. there is the HB, uh, HBO Max show we're getting that's sort of a reunion special hosted by Ellen DeGeneres yeah um, I think that'll just be more of a panel show won't it like they just talk about the show and stuff yeah. aye probably probably there's yeah. always speculation of a friend reunion it's never going to be what everyone wants it to be but nah. I think that's for the best because yeah. even if it was another season another episode of film it would it's too risky, <laughs> I think, to like, mm-hmm. at the minute there's nothing that can really tarnish friends. And I think if they did go back to it, it would be too much of a risk because it would be such a shame for such a pedestal show to be tarnished in any way with a poor reunion, I think. Because they probably couldn't get away with a lot. Not, not that it was behind its times or anything like that, but that, like comedies different now as well so they probably couldn't mm-hmm. be as as true to the original um mm-hmm. these days do you know what i mean so they Is would that... be wait- so it would never be it would never have the same feel i don't think if it's their it age as well isn't it like yeah. the whole show was them like in their 20s they didn't they weren't really tied down to anything uh, you know i mean their friends were naturally their life like if it came yeah. back now it'd just be like Oh, they're spending like every day still in the, the apartment with each other. You know what I mean? Aye, like, exactly. what, like, like fifty. Like that doesn't make any sense. You know? It's too. Yeah, it, it would it, be too obvious as well, wouldn't it? Like it would be Ross and Rachel and Emma, Monica Chandler and the twins. Joey would probably still be a mad fucking shagger. I mean, like it would just be like <laughs> the same. It's almost too predictable for what it would be like. So yeah, what's yeah. really? What's the point? You can imagine what the characters are all doing just now. So we don't really need to. Put that, that, essentially. Uh, this is the way I'd look at it, right? I'd much rather go and see uh, the Rolling Stones <laughs> performing their greatest hits rather than th- them performing their new album, like from 100%. cover to back. You know what I mean? So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I think that you could fight what's the best sitcom, but the final episode and the character and the dis- characters and the response that Friends got is pretty unchallenged. I think. Because you can't even compare really like Friends in the Office. They're not as much as they're both US sitcoms. They're very different at their like they're feeling what they're about and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So Friends mm-hmm. is almost unchallenged to me. I do enjoy the finale to the Office. Yeah. yeah, but the Friends finale. I mean, come on, it's just like yeah. I, I think and like supposed to, oh sorry. Oh no, carry on, Sean. The episode that's supposed to be the finale of Scrubs, like the end of season eight, before. The kind of enforced season nine, like med school shambles that unfolded. <laughs> like that episode is just unreal. And if it, if they'd left that as the last episode, I would have probably properly fought you on the friends yeah. last last episode. But um, see, I would probably I'd say the exact same. If see if the office ended when Michael Scott left, that for me is like one of the best endings ever when he's like in the when they're in the room when he's um proposing to holly and all that sort of stuff like see that i know that's not the exact final episode but see that 
ending to Michael Scott's ending in the office mm-hmm. to me is better than the actual ending of the show altogether. So I'd probably say the same if they hadn't continued it past yeah. that point. I think Friends would I would say that that rivaled Friends a little bit more. But, I, I, I would argue that as well for like, sort of Parts and Rec because I'd say the similarity between Parts and Rec and Friends is that. Jack, you're saying Friends reached like a new high in season 10. And I'd argue that Parts and Rec's final season, for me, is the strongest of the show as well. Yeah. Um, and all the characters do get in that sort of round up, rounded up feel. We get to see them like 20 years into the future, like what they're doing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like a definitive ending in that sense. So that's where like, sort of I draw a parallel between the, those two shows a wee bit. I think yeah, the, th- the, the emerging theme is that Friends basically done everything right. Mm-hmm. And that's why, do you know what I mean? That like everything out, like the office scrubs, whatever. There's always a but. Like if they hadn't done this, then. But we as friends, it's just like now nah, we just done it right the first time, and that's why we're the best. <laughs> like, yeah, we just, yeah. Got every, I, we just nailed it. <laughs> I, I think with the uh, with any sitcom though, like you know, actually finishing it and having a good ending is so difficult. And I, I would probably say that I can agree with you that friends is probably the template. For, for a good sitcom just generally yeah. from start to finish yeah. I think you know when you think about how I met your mother we were talking about earlier on that it was underwhelming um, the US office it was a good ending as well but it just kind of you know faded out almost uh, yeah. it just but Friends was just yeah it was great it's the kind of on a pedestal for, for it's what to, other sitcoms kind of aspire it. to be don't they like yeah exactly they want to be Absolutely. as good as Friends and you want to get as many viewers as friends and that kind of thing yeah, I think it, it's hard it's, to follow I think with oh, it being back on Netflix and that as well um, those that didn't watch it back when it was on and te- you know we obviously used to watch it in Comedy Central and whatever was on before Comedy Central Channel 4 Channel 4 E4 we used to watch it and it would just be like a random assortment of episodes that you would watch either back to back or something Mm-hmm. Um, and that was how you used to watch it unless you went and got obviously the box sets but now with it being on Netflix um, I think there's been a whole resurgence towards the, the love for it loads and loads of people who hadn't seen it now watched it or those that had seen it were now now had access to episodes one all the way yeah. to episode uh, yeah. infinity do you know what I mean I think a lot of the criticism they get from like younger people watching it they just don't seem to grasp that it was a kind of different time and it was like, the 90s <laughs> like, yeah. exactly. like that really irritates me yeah. I know, those kind of jokes so were made like you can't judge a, a show from then on today's like you can't hold it to today's standards, standards can't like, 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 and the, there's the just so many people and whole whole things that you couldn't that you just physically couldn't make in the office and the friends now scrubs as well like there's just bits that you couldn't make today that you you got away with yeah uh, 15 20 years ago uh, but that Most doesn't people I, don't, really I, don't, I, I don't actually think that either because i genuinely don't think there's anything in friends that's reprehensively offensive either no. you know i mean i think no, there's always going to be people who like there, there's so many people writing the internet these days and buzzfeed articles and stuff like that and just wanting to look for like an alternative opinion to stuff that people they go after days, friends aye. people these days want to crucify ross like ross seems to be the one who gets the most of it like for being like divorced so many times for 
forgetting about Ben as soon as Emma's born or like the male nanny thing. Like, I'm just like, it was just a TV show and he was a character in the 90s. Like, I mean, yeah. let it go. Like, let, And then even just the other day, like you say, BuzzFeed, the number one thing, it was an interview with Lisa Kudrow and she was getting basically questioned on why Friends didn't have, um, why it was an all-white central cast. And she was like, it wasn't intentionally an all-white central cast. It was just these were the people who were hired. And also Joey's Italian. And like, do you know what I mean? It was just like, don't question people these days to yeah, like, to the standards for, of today. To the standards yeah. of yeah, today exactly. for a show Monica, that was made in the nineties. Like, it was twenty years ago. Exactly. Twenty six years ago that show started. Joey's you know? Italian. It's not unheard of that six group of friends would all be white. Like, it, white, don't make it something yeah. that but, don't but make why, something why out of nothing. Why that black person and just yeah. for the sake of it? If you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, but that's the thing. Like now, now, nowadays, yeah, yeah, nowadays, like they, they would be looking to do something like that, where they yeah, would, they uh-huh. would feel like they would need to have a a disabled member of the cast and a, <laughs> a black member of the cast and. Uh, you know, I'm I'm all for giving everyone the opportunities, but in this in this circumstance, these were the best actors that they are hired for these roles. And exactly. Yeah. Sorry, you the you're also written. you're also not seeing if you're if you're not you're not looking hard enough if you don't see that they're a diverse group because like yeah they might all be white but like you say they're yeah. Jewish they're Italian they've all had different upbringings Phoebe fucking lived on the streets like Jesus yeah. Christ do you know what I mean like Charlie there's diversity there or so. there's yeah. diversity there right. and then a lot of the time I think see out with the criticism that. 90s kind of sitcoms get today like have you ever met somebody who doesn't like friends for the reason of just oh everyone likes that so i oh, i refuse to watch it because everyone mm-hmm. likes it or yeah. oh everyone thinks that's funny so i don't find it funny like do you know what i mean people who don't like friends don't really have a reason to not like friends they right. kind of just out of a point of principle of their own accord decide that they don't like it or decide that they don't want to watch it nobody so really people who decided they didn't want to watch Game of Thrones and stuff as well Aye, like, yeah. exactly people you who know don't what? want to jump on the bandwagon I'm ready to tweet we're not liking friends is not a personality trait here we go it's <laughs> <laughs> my bitch there's my bitchy tweet for the day no, stick no, that in your pie and smoke it here we go funnily so enough the criticism on... they get is Chandler's handling of his cross-dressing dad but, oh yeah, I know. Like again, like in the nineties, like that that would have been st- so strange. Like exactly, and, and, and everybody would have been like, oh. in the nineties. Yeah, everybody not, would have been like, shun him. He doesn't. He, he doesn't shun he's, him. He's he just like to be to feel how he wants to feel about it. Like just like yeah, oh, his, his dad was shagging the pool boy. Character. He should be a bit aggrieved by that. Surely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the boy is scarred and can't enjoy still, it's still adult, isn't he? Sake. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're an adulterer. He tells all the drama between his dad and his mum and all that. Like, obviously, he's going to be a bit pissed off about the whole yeah. situation. Aye, and he still has his dad in his life. It's not as if yeah, he's it's not like, like he's, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It's ridiculous. Like, guys, if, guys, if you want an unproblematic show, go to Parts and Rec. Well, we're all inclusive <laughs> over here. You know, we're a wonderful 21st century programme. It's brilliant. <laughs> right, we're getting to the my least favourite part of the show, which is ending the show. Not because I don't want it to end, it's just that I, I, I'm just terrible at ending yeah, shows. I, <laughs> I just don't know what to do. But uh, we've, we've, also had piece, we've had a fair defence of each one, but it did seem towards the end there that everyone was kind of bumming friends a fair bit, which makes I me know. think 
If we were going to rank it, I would say that Friends was first only because of what it's done for um, yeah. the rest yeah. of yeah. the day. To be honest, I do agree. But I do, I, I mean, I would also argue that the office is that a little bit funnier and things like that. You know what I mean? There's different the aspects of each show I, that. I, I think, in terms of legendary status, I would put Friends at the top. I think, in terms of what I enjoy watching the most these days, I would probably say The Office. Mm-hmm. But Friends probably has a more. Yeah. As I say, we're not even really, place in my heart. Right, we're not even really trying to rank it or anything because it's all subjective and we don't want anyone to get upset. We can so, all agree that uh, how I met your mother. We are. We will leave it there. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. But we've got a, a part two. Um, where we'll be talking some more, um, some more sitcoms amongst our best, and um, well, we've spoke quite solely about American shows here. Um, so for part two, we'll maybe have a look at reviewing the situation and maybe try to branch out a little bit if everyone's on board with that. I already know your picks, so I know what it's going to be about. <laughs> but if you want to join us for part two, you certainly can, and we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Adios. See you later.